Hey there, I'm Lee Rowley, and this is Lee After Dark. Why? Because there's more to being a business leader than just business. Each episode, one brave entrepreneur ejects the elevator pitch and just gets real. Today, I'd like to welcome Nicholas Fudge. Nicholas, how are you? Man, I'm very well. It's early morning over here, so it's actually uh, sunrise. Yes! <laughs> Yes, you gotta watch the sun come up. I'm wearing out. You got a, you got the advantage on me. You're 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 fresher than I am. So uh, I am. A, I've only been up about an hour and a half. So well, fan, yeah. well fantastic. So uh, the rules are simple, Nicholas. For the next twenty minutes, we can talk about anything you want except your business. Afterward, right. you'll have up to five minutes to pitch up a storm. Okay. But if you mentioned your business during the interview, I'll take a minute off and, you know, it, not really, but it's, I, I try to do that just to give it an incentive, just to keep it, you know, keep it, keep it more personal and, and away from the business stuff we usually talk about. So are you ready? I'm absolutely ready. Very cool. Let me uh, go ahead and click the timer here. And uh, what do we want to get uh, talking about for the next 20 minutes? You talked about a, a journey of, of self-discovery. And of course, that piques my interest because lots of people who come through here are kind of going through a crossroads right now. Well, I, I think uh, life is a journey of self-discovery. When we close ourselves off to learning, I think that's when we become stale and we start coasting through life. And uh, the only way that people coast is downhill, from my experience, is very hard to coast uphill. So I think that, you know, one wants to come from a place of challenging their way of thinking and beliefs and trying on different perspectives from people instead of arguing, saying, no, I believe this, you're wrong, which is what we see a lot of the time in miscommunication. Um, I come from a place now of saying, well, that's interesting. How did you come about believing in that? What experiences have led you to adopt those current beliefs? Because those are things that I think we change all through life, through our experiences. They will form our beliefs and our values and, and things will resonate or not resonate with us. So, you know, my journey of self-discovery is, is not going down the religious side so much, but more down the spiritual side to understand the balance between, you know, our, our own lives and that of the environment and nature and how we influence that and how it influences on us. And yeah, there's some very interesting stuff out there at the moment that I've come across uh, that are helping me to get a better understanding of my own values and my own purpose in life. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Okay. So uh, at, at some point you realize that you're, on this journey, um, you know, as we're, as you say, we're on it all the time, but you know, for some of us never really realize it because we're just doing what we're doing. Uh, and then others of us at some point, you know, come to some pivot moment uh, yeah. where we're realizing they're like, oh, okay, what I'm doing means something. I mean, mm. what did that look like for you? Well, I guess a lot of life uh, is on autopilot. We get taught things as we, you know, are children. And, and you know, a lot of the times uh, that comes from watching other people. We're very, I think most people are more visual learners and they copy what their parents do and their friends and their peers and those that they spend the most amount of time with because they view that as that's the way that it's done. And through that journey, sometimes, you know, we see things or experience things and we go, well, that wasn't actually right. Now, whether we have enough 
gumption or, or backbone to actually stand up or confidence to say, hang on, no, that's not right. Um, that doesn't sit well with me. And sometimes, you know what? We, we aren't in that position where we feel confident to stand up. And so we just go with the flow. Um, and th there's nothing wrong with that, but there will come a time, I think, when, yeah, it, it will get to a point where <laughs> you will go, hang on, no, this isn't right. This path that I'm on is leading me to feel, whether it be sick or whether it be depressed or whatever it happens to be. And I think, you know, that's different for everybody. It, it really depends on, I think, the conversations that you have with those who I say are within your circle of influence. And uh, especially for men, I think it's very challenging for men to actually have those conversations because we've always been brought up with the, uh, you know, masculine, don't show your emotions, don't show your weaknesses, uh, you know, sure. don't cry, that sort of thing, toughen up, you know, go and have half a glass of, uh, you know, cement mix in some water and toughen up and harden up and, and get through it, that sort of thing. Um, you know, which look in, in some cases is, is valuable because there are some times where, yeah, we do want to harden up and toughen up and get back into the fight. But there are other times where we want to go, well, hang on. No, the direction I'm going in is actually not resonating with me. And, and you know, the outcomes are not positive for not only myself, but other people that are going to be influenced by the actions that I'm taking. So I think innately we, we, we are all, on this planet to make a positive difference in some form or shape. But along the way, we compromise those values because sometimes it's easier to <laughs> do something else. Uh, or we witness other people doing things and being successful and going, oh, well, they're taking a shortcut, even though it may not be as ethical as what we wanted. Uh, we might copy that. I don't know if that makes sense with you. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we do things that we see. I mean, and, and really what we become as adults, you know, really is, is a composite of, of, you know, what we're programmed to do genetically and what we see growing up. And some of those yeah. things can be very, very hard to unravel. And, you know, again, it's because mostly because we don't realize they're there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very true. And, and one thing that I've learned in the last several years as well is what I call self-inspection. Okay. And self-inspection is, a very intimate process uh, and most of us don't like what we find when we do self-inspection um, because we're peeling, it's like an onion, you know, we're peeling away the layers um, and as you know, when you peel an onion, it can get pretty emotional and teary-eyed and, you know, <laughs> uh, I relate it to that because sometimes when you self-inspect, it, it is a scary process and, and you do get emotional and you go, oh my God, am I really that way? Am I really so vain? Am I really that shallow? We don't like to admit those things. Um, and so we cover them up and we tell ourselves stories to make ourselves feel better. And, you know, look at something that I heard a long time ago. It's a rather crude analogy, but it is after dark. So hopefully I can share it with you on this program. Oh, yeah, uh, yes, it open, but you can whatever you want. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the times we make up excuses. Those are the stories we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better. And I don't remember where I heard this. It was a long time ago, but it just stuck with me because when I thought about, you know, that's so true. It's a great analogy. It is crude. And the analogy is excuses are like assholes. We've all got one and they all stink. <laughs> very, very true. 
And it is true. I mean, look, yeah, those are the stories that we tell ourselves about why we can't have or create what it is that we really, really, really want. And we do that to make ourselves feel better rather than, you know, saying, well, okay, that didn't work. Okay, now you really want this? Um, let's, you know, change our tact. Let's have another plan. Well, sometimes it's because maybe what it is that we want is really not what we want, but it's what we think we want because that's what everybody else wants and everybody else prioritizes as the epitome of success. Because we take that in, you know, from our experiences and those people that we associate with. And, you know, when we see what they're striving towards, we think, oh, well, hey, they've already got that. That's successful. I'll take that on. And that may be successful for them to be able to live in a really, really luxurious area or drive a really nice car or whatever it happens to be. And on the outside, they may seem very, very successful. In fact, I had a, a close friend uh, who I met 20 years ago who, after 10 years of opening up many, many businesses, was the epitome of success, had multiple homes, multiple cars, motorbikes, uh, went traveling, had um, several businesses around Australia, was working 70, 80, 90 hours a week, uh, and on the outside looked like he'd made it, but inside was totally a mess. And so much so that his local doctor diagnosed him with depression. Fortunately, he, rather than took the medication, which is <laughs> what most people do, it's the easy way to take the medication, you'll feel better. Um, he put it out to his circle of, uh, I suppose, friends and uh, said, look, I want to have a conversation with someone. I, you know, I'm successful, but I'm not happy. Um, who can maybe help me get a better understanding of why I feel the way I feel? Mm. And he fortunately was introduced to a person and long story short, within three months of getting coached by that person, totally turned his life around, sold what he could out of his businesses, went traveling for 18 months, came back, reconnected with that individual and said, you know what? I want to learn everything it is that you did for me because I totally view the world in a totally different way and I'm so much more at peace and, and I'm so much more happier with who I am as a person now. And I know that there's a lot of other people out there who felt the same way that I did and I want to be able to help them. And now he's got a very successful uh, coaching business uh, to be able to help people create more of what it is that they want, uh, which is different for everybody. Sure. Well, how fantastic though to be able to have the courage to just reach out and be like, hey, I need to have this conversation. Uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it reminds me of a contact on LinkedIn had posted something uh, a few days ago that really struck me. You said that billionaires commit suicide. But you know who doesn't? People with purpose. Or something to that effect was just basically yeah. like, you know, you know, there are billionaires who out there out there who commit suicide. You know, mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of goes along with what you're saying, like the idea that because someone is, is wealthy, that they're successful, that means they're happy. Uh, you know, <laughs> because it's just like, uh, these are the people who have figured out, already figured out, like, I've got all the money in the world. I've got more money than I could ever use. And I'm, yeah. it hasn't really done anything for me. I mean, you know, yeah, nice things, but mm, it only yeah. goes so far, it only carry you so far. And you know, it doesn't yep. get you happiness. Well, the other question there as well is, you know, what was the solution they provided to the marketplace to create that wealth? Because that's where Good wealth point. comes from. 
business. So were they actually providing a valuable solution that was actually making a positive difference in other people's lives? And if so, then I think that will lead to happiness. But if whatever they were selling was not creating value for other people, um, then I think that does lead to, you know, people not feeling happy. Let's just keep it simple. Um, but in essence, I think it's very important that, you know, whatever you are doing, uh, you may not make money at it at the beginning. Like right now, I'm in a transition phase in business um, and a transition phase in my personal life. Like, you know, uh, I didn't get married until I was 40, had my first child at 44. Oh, wow. And okay. uh, yeah, so I was a bachelor until I was 40. I, I, <laughs> I had an incredible, uh, yeah, adulthood uh, traveling and li I lived in North America for several years and, and ran businesses over there. I've come back to Australia in the last 20 years and I got married, you know, just over 10 years ago. And I thought, you know what? I found the one. Um, unfortunately, she's not the one. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, I've accepted that. And, and that's another thing that's really important is acceptance, I found. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a massive thing. Most people are not willing to accept the circumstances that they find themselves in. Um, it may not be have been their intent to create what they've created, but ultimately, if they don't find themselves accountable and they start, again, telling themselves stories or finding excuses for where they're currently at in their life, mm. then they will find it very difficult to move on and move forward. But if they actually accept it and go, you know what? <laughs> I don't like the circumstances of my life right now. Um, it's really shitty what's happened to me and the experiences. However, I'm gonna own them. I created them whether I intended to or not. Man, you know what? It was either my actions or more common inactions that led to the current situational reality that I'm now experiencing in my own personal life. So take ownership of it, accept it and move on. And I learned that through an experience I had probably about 15 years ago through a practice. Uh, I think it might be labeled something else now, but you might still find it. It's called EFT, emotional freedom techniques. Sure. And you're familiar with it? Yes. Yeah. So, and you know, I was at a seminar, I'd just broken up with a girl that I'd been in a relationship with for a few years. And I'd actually thought, is this the one? Is this the one I'm going to marry? She's great. She's this, she's that. And then all of a sudden she went into a really dark place and I was like, Oh my God. Um, she went into depression and I didn't know how to handle it. She broke off the relationship and I was an absolute mess. And for whatever reason, I found myself in this workshop one evening listening to this guy talking about EFT. He had a manual there and he said, you don't have to believe that this stuff works, but hey, these are the outcomes. And I went, you know what? I could really handle those outcomes right now. I don't feel great about myself or my life at this moment in time. I'll give it a go. I bought his manual for a hundred bucks, whatever it was, went home and started practicing these EFT techniques, which is tapping on the meridians in your body and Basically, going through a little bit of a, a mantra of, hey, even though I feel the way that I feel right now, whatever it happens to be for you as an individual, I totally and fully accept myself. And I mean, I went hardcore. I did a couple of hours of this and I was really passionate about it. And you know what? The next day when I woke up, I went for a swim in the ocean and I just could not believe how different I felt. 
it was like I'd broken up over a year ago. And it was wow. only in the last couple of days. And so for me, that personal experience of, wow, I accepted that, you know, even though I hated the situation that I was in, I accepted it. And I, as soon as I found that I was able to accept it, I was actually able to move on and I'd released all that negative emotional baggage and energy of why me and this and that and self-pity and I'm the victim. And I'd accepted all that and just went, hey, don't like the situation. However, it is what it is. Can't change it. Accept it. Move on. It sounds harsh in some ways, but wow, you know what? I was able to move on very, very quickly from that. So much so that um, I was at a part, well, it was actually my housewarming. I'd built a house and this relationship I'd had was going to move in with me. Two weeks later, I invite her to my housewarming after we'd broken up and I'd gone through this EFT technique. We were the last two at the party. She ended up spending the night uh, in my bed. I woke up the next morning. We had, I had no inkling to be intimate with her um, during the evening. Uh, we just, like we were mates, we had a great evening, great party. And you know what? I went, I'm cured. And we've been good friends ever since. Oh, very nice. Um, so, you know, it's just amazing. Um, you know, acceptance has a huge part, I think, of being able to move forward and leave those experiences in the past, learn from them, but leave them in the past and accept ownership of them and say, hey, I created it, be accountable, move on, what's next? How are you going to learn from that experience so that you don't repeat it? And don't be afraid to make mistakes. Um, so many, I mean, I, I've got young children, so I'm constantly teaching them because, you know, as they're young, they're learning. Sometimes they don't want to try something because they're afraid of messing it up. And that's okay. It's like, go ahead, make a mistake. That's right. how you learn. Yeah. So um, I think as adults, we grow up and, you know, we're, we're gun shy of giving something a go uh, because of how we're indoctrinated, I think, from school. When we mess up things, our parents come in or someone comes in and does it for us. Sure. And so we get that feeling of I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Um, so very careful. And I'm learning that as a parent not to do too much for my kids. You know, they're like, Daddy, can you help me? And I say, yes, I can help you, but I'd like to see you do it first. Mm, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm that's... very, very big on, on helping them because they're only six and seven years of age. And, uh, you know, I'm very big on helping them understand that they are in charge of creating their own reality. You know, sometimes they come home, you know, from school and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll say, daddy, 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 you know, practice makes perfect. And I go, really? I go, how are you going tying those shoelaces? Um, <laughs> and the look on their face goes, oh, not so good. And I go, well, look, practice makes progress, first of all. I said, if you practice more than anybody else at something, eventually you'll be better than everybody else. And one day you might even be perfect, but it's very rare that practice makes perfect. But it does make progress. Well, so I let's like that. Practice so that, you know, we're actually accurate with the words that we use in our communication. Another example, you know, my son came home a few months ago and said, Daddy, I'm starving. And I went, really? He goes, yeah. I said, did you have your lunch? He goes, yep. So did you have your recess? Yep. Did you have your after school snack? Yep. I said, so you haven't eaten for what, about an hour? He goes, yep. And I said, and what, you're hungry or are you starving? He goes, no, I'm starving. I said, no, nah, mate, you're not starving. I said, you <laughs> might be a bit quickish or a bit hungry, but you're not starving. And he was adamant. No, I'm starving. I said, come here. So I go over to the computer and I go, Google starving children click images 
And some people might go, that's a bit harsh. And I go, well, hang on. No, because I put things into reality for him. I go, mate, that is starving. I said, we have a very privileged life here in Western society. And most people don't understand that there are starving children in the world. And he goes, is that real? And I said, yes, mate, that is real. And it was a big reality check for him. But he understood the difference between starving and hungry. Um, and I think it's very important that we learn how to communicate properly and use the correct words and correct language when we're describing things because that's how we get a lot of this miscommunication because we think we understand what a word means, but it's not. And I wanted him to understand that starving is so different to just being a little bit peckish or hungry. And sure. he'll never forget that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lesson, that's a permanent lesson, sure. <laughs> it's very, you know, when Alan comes home, he goes, he goes, Daddy, I'm... And, and, and you'll see him reframe it in his mm. mind before he even says it. He'll go, Daddy, I'm hungry. Mm. <laughs> okay, great. Let's get, you, let's get you a snack. Sure. So, yeah. Sure. Understood. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it, the, the words are definitely important. So, yeah. I appreciate you sharing your insights with us. It's been an absolute yeah. blast talking to you. You have, you have successfully completed the 20-minute not talking about your business challenge. So, oh, congratulations. You. Yeah, no, if, you know, and, and you didn't even break a sweat, right? So, um because I am a man of my word, I want to make sure I give you five minutes to talk about sure. you know, your business, uh, your offer, how, how people can get a hold of you. Floor yep. yours. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, look, I suppose because of the journey I'm on about two years ago, I reconnected with an entrepreneurial friend of mine who I had met 20 years ago. He was a client of mine, actually. He had some hotels and restaurants that I did some marketing for. We kind of stayed in contact, but I hadn't spoken to him for probably five years. So I just picked up the phone. I'd, I'd recently come back from a, a lap around Australia with my wife and two young kids at the time. We'd taken a gap year and bought a four-wheel driving caravan and did a whole oh, 12 wow. months in Australia. Yeah, it was an amazing, that's another story. Yeah, uh, definitely. And that was an amazing experience to be able to do that. And I'm truly grateful that we did that because it was amazing for them. They were two and three, turning three and four at the time. So it was it was a really uh, fun, uh, fun trip. But uh, I'm taking up my five minutes talking about my business. So anyway, um, it's not actually my business. It's somebody else's, but I'm so passionate about what they're doing. So anyway, cut a long story short, he uh, has um, created a platform. Uh, and my fascination about human behavior, about why we do what we do and, and why we resonate with certain things and not resonate with certain things. Uh, you know, I, I love exploring those things. And his platform is using psychometrics, uh, which has been around a long time, but more from an occupation base to be able to help decision makers in business better select who are the right fit for particular roles that they're looking to fill in their business or organisation to get them to that next level. Um, and because of my background doing a lot of direct sales and business to business, Constantly, the negative I used to get from business owners was it's so hard to find quality people. You know, it was a nightmare hiring the right person. It was a bit like <laughs> Russian roulette. <laughs> Sometimes they think, oh, I've got an absolute winner, you know, and they get through their three or six month probationary period and they're an absolute nightmare and ended up costing the business tons of money. Yeah. Um, so where he was coming from was, you know, through psychometrics, really helping decision makers understand how suitable is that person not only for the role but for the culture and the work, their work preferences how do they align with the atmosphere and environment and that of the business owner and the team that they're going to be working in 
So I was like, oh, that's good. I, I like where that's going. Um, and it was in startup phase. So they've done some testing, had amazing results. The platform is now live. They're in soft launch. And it really is uh, an incredible piece of software. It's a software as a service. They're marketing it particularly just in Australia and New Zealand, although it can be global because it's a software as a service. And what it does is it provides a dashboard for decision makers when they run an ad to be able to place it on the job boards they normally do, whether that be Indeed or Seek here in Australia uh, or LinkedIn or wherever the job boards happen to be. And they can push applicants through a series of assessments before they even decide who they're going to interview. So rather than even look at a resume, they actually will get a side-by-side -side comparison and they will be assessed and ranked on how they answered the psychometric assessments and the culture alignment assessments and the job requirement questions. Do you have X amount of experience or a degree or whatever it happens to be that's a requirement? And it's graded as either being essential, highly desirable, desirable, so it can be weighted. And basically they will then, you know, if they get 500 applicants, they will get all 500 applicants assessed from one through to 500 as to who's the best fit. And then they can, you know, basically go to their shortlist and go, well, let's take the top 10 and let's interview them. Um, all the hard work's already done. They can look at the resume if they want to, but they don't have to because, you know, they've had a much deeper insight as to, you know, why that person's a good fit for the role and for the culture and for the team and yada, yada. I won't go into a lot of details, but that just really resonated with me because we all know that, look, when we're engaged in the work that we're performing and we're passionate about the outcome and the vision of, you know, what it is we're creating, the solution to market, whatever it happens to be, um, we are far more productive sure. and we're willing to go what I call the extra mile with a smile. You know, in other words, five o'clock, you've got a customer on the phone, they've got a problem, rather than be like a traditional nine to five, hey, look, sorry, you're going to have to call back tomorrow, click. Um, you know, you'll be there to solve that problem, whether you are on the phone till 5.30 or 6 or 6.30, you want a positive outcome for that customer because you really care about them and you care about the outcome that you're delivering to them and the service you're providing and the solution. So to find those people that are aligned with your vision and what it is you're doing uh, that are going to be passionate and put their energy and effort into, you know, delivering what it is you want them to deliver to the end consumer so that you create raving fans, that's what it's all about. And this technology that they're developing allows business owners or HR managers to identify who are the best applicants from all the applicants they've got so they don't waste their time doing the filtering. Filtering's already automated and done. They can now focus their time on the best of the best and make better decisions because they're not doing any of the filtering anymore. This is already, through lack of a better word, filtered the wheat from the chaff, so to oh, speak. Nice. Okay, very cool. So uh, where can our listeners find out more information? Well, the company is called Match, but it's not M-A-T-C-H-E-D. It's M-A-T-C-H-D.com. Okay. So they can go to that website. They can watch a little two-minute explainer video. There's a lot more information on the website. They can find out about it. They can also contact me, Nicholas, at matched.com. Okay. And they can also find me on LinkedIn. I've uh, got a pretty big uh, LinkedIn network happening now. So Mr. Nicholas Fudge, they'll find me. I'm based in Perth, Western Australia. So when you find that Nicholas Fudge, because there's a few of them out there. I didn't <laughs> think I had a common name, but apparently I do. There's more than one of me, uh, several actually. So they can connect with me that way. And, and look, because the company's in soft launch, if there are any business owners out there listening and they do have recruiting nightmares, I'm more than happy to even offer them a free trial because it's a software as a service. Oh, it's very cool. No cost. It's already built. 
Um, I'm happy to give them a free trial of the software so that they can actually engage with it and see how it actually delivers them the outcomes that are going to provide them with better decision-making uh, opportunities for their next hire. Very nice. Well, what a generous offer. And thank you. And, you know, speaking of generous, I, I appreciate you spending your time and, and sharing your insights with us. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. So uh, we'll you. have all of those links in the show notes so that people can get in contact with you and, and, you know, so, and, and get in uh, touch on LinkedIn. I know you're putting out some excellent content there as well. So uh, any last words? No, just look, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, um, have this conversation with you. I hope that some of the listeners got some value out of it. And uh, look, if they want to reach out, they know now how to do so. And I'm, I'm happy to take the conversation to another level with anyone that's willing. Very good. Well, Nicholas, thank you so much again. We are out of time. But if you, found, if you found Lee After Dark more entertaining and relevant than most of the drag out there, subscribe to the Lee After Dark YouTube channel. And now, get Lee After Dark in your pants. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Gas, and who knows where else. So you can enjoy us wherever you stick your phone. Until next time, this is Lee Rowley with my new friend, Nicholas Fudge. Be present and be well.